MLB institutes new pace of play initiatives, but will it make a difference? Anthony Rizzo returns to his former high school in light of the recent school shooting. We offer perspective and analysis. LeBron won't shut up and dribble. A snowboarder is ditching porn for Olympic gold. And we are getting a house party remake? All that, Tebow Watch, and more. Blow the whistle. Time in episode 33 begins right now. Evans and Drago here in the Empire State where all dreams come true and you listening and watching all across the globe. This is Time and Podcast. Christine and I are, of course, glad to be with you, Facebook. We're glad to be with you again. And Christine, welcome to the Patrick Ewing Alonso Morning episode number. 33? Yeah, you didn't catch that in the intro? I, this is wow, look at that. We've waited for this. And um, I'd like to be the first to announce that our, our guest on today's show will indeed be... Patrick Ewing. Look at that. Isn't that exciting? I mean, Patrick, you let, let's get a good sound effect for Patrick Ewing. Yeah, no, that's not. That's not actually going to happen. It's, it's, one day. Maybe, one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. But we, we will begin with something almost just as absurd as the idea of Patrick Ewing coming on this podcast would be the MLB Pace of Play initiatives. Christine, this past week, Major League Baseball decided they're imposing stricter limits on mound visits in an effort to speed games up, but they decided against a 20-second pitch clock. So what this new rule includes, it will limit six mound visits per nine innings without a pitching change, whether it's by a manager, coach, or a player. That player could be the catcher or could be any member of the infield. And the changes also attempt to force half innings to start on time. This was one of the things that uh, MLB decided to institute without an agreement from the players union. But again, they have the right to make playing rule changes without an agreement with one year notice. And both of these proposals were made to the union in 1617. It had been some questions circling about, well, how do you institute this? Uh, what, what is What is going to be the penalty per se for going out a seventh time. And yesterday um, in an ESPN radio interview, Commissioner Manfred did say that if anyone goes out to a mound for that seventh time, that pitcher has to be removed from the game. This, for me personally, I think this is a shitty way of enforcing this rule. This is going to cause so many arguments. I just can't wait to watch people get tossed out. I mean, there definitely needs to be a change of pace. And I, I agree with that because the game of baseball takes so long to get through. And they are trying to increase younger fans watching and to get more fans watching. And a lot of the complaints that you hear from people is that baseball is too slow. It takes too long. So they are taking steps to try to fix all that, which is great, but I don't know if this is going to be the answer. I think it is going to result in, like you said, a lot of arguments, a lot of ejections, which in turn is going to increase the time, which is what you're trying to prevent from happening in the first place. I'm going to be thoroughly entertained, though. I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like, what, what replay kind of ruined for me were, were the manager ejections and, and the arguments over. I mean, I mean, come on. That's part of baseball, man. That that's that's part of the game that you enjoy. I, I I mean, look, I'm kind of in favor of the rule in and of itself, like on its face, primarily because my team's catcher is Gary Sanchez, and he must get at least ten thousand steps a day just from going to the mound. Oh, it's 
so annoying. It, it is. I mean, he has a serious issue with his mound visits. So I, I think it's going to add an aspect to the game that I'm sure people are considering is that when you get when you're crossed up on those signals, you may not be able to go out there and clarify it with him. Right. You know, so I, I, I think that you're, you're going to have to find a way to literally have co full conversations, Christine, through the exchanging of signs. You know, like that, that is one thing, though, that it might actually wind up being a rule that that benefits pitchers in a way. I, I believe it was David Cohn was talking about the fact that Gary Sanchez goes out to the mound so much that him as a pitcher when he was pitching when his catcher would do that actually irritated him because it ruins their rhythm and their flow to have to keep stopping so it may turn out that it works out better for pitchers and players and you might not get as many arguments as you think about it as, unless if managers or pitching coaches want to go out and talk to their pitchers but you don't think that seven times is enough or is it six times? six six times is enough i mean like how many times is how many times if you're including the catcher in there, but how many times does the the pitching coach usually go anyway? Well, that's the thing. A coach can only go out for, for a singular pitcher. The manager or the coach can only go out there once. If a manager or coach goes out to that to that specific player a second time, that player has to be removed from the game. Which usually happens anyway, though, if you think about it, right? Well, if he comes out the second time, there's really no choice. Yeah. What, what, this is, what this is really going to do, let's think, because let's keep something in mind. We're talking six times throughout the entire game so if you had three pitchers in the game right your starter two relief pitchers and each one of those pitchers gets in trouble let's think about it this way starting pitcher gets in trouble in an inning in an inning that second inning you go out there you talk to him you calm him down he gets in trouble in the fourth inning you go out there talk to him you settle him down you go out there the second time you pull him that's three trips already bring in your next pitcher you're crossed up with him and Gary, you got to get on. You got to you got to get your sign straight because he came in with runners on base. He goes out there. That's four. That's four. You need to, the, the Didi needs to to remind uh, who who's covering second. That's five. You're now already have five mind, mound visits. You're through five innings and you're through two pitchers. So now six, seven, eight, and nine. Anytime you go out there, you better be going to get that pitcher. That's the way this works. Not pitch. So uh, honestly, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see how this works. Because I, I I think more than anything, I don't really think this is necessarily going to speed up the game as much as they think it will. Yeah, it might actually work in reverse. And, and even if, but I'm I'm actually seriously more intrigued to see how this changes how games are managed. Because you might have to let that pitcher who's in trouble, who you know you need to settle him down, you now have to decide because this is now the fifth inning. You've already gone, you've already made maybe four mound trips between you, the catcher, and the infielder. You now have to decide do I go out there and settle this pitcher down? Do I hold off and wait till the eighth inning? I think this could potentially significantly change the way game is managed. I wonder if there will ever be a point in time where they, I know that it has been talked about, but like will pitchers and catchers be able to wear some type of earpiece microphone device to sync up and be able to talk to each other that way if you're going to limit the amount of times that they can converse during a game? Because I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that they you do just, need to you just, be in. You just sent a, a chill up my, up my leg when you said converse. I'm sorry. No, no, it's a good chill. It's a nice chill. Um... <laughs> they do need to they do need to be on the same page and like a lot of the times that they're going out there 
like you're saying, it is because they're crossed up or when you have relief pitchers coming in, they're not on the same page as a starting pitcher. So that is a very important element of the game that you cannot eliminate. So we might be moving towards something like that in the very near future. Would you be in favor of that? If you are going to try to keep the this rule in effect of change of pace, then yeah, I'm in favor of it. I think it's an awful idea. <laughs> I, I just don't see that. I mean, it's just... What what can the, I mean the catcher is going to communicate with the pitcher with the umpire and the guy in the batter's box right next to him? I just yeah, I ah. mean then there's other things that you have to worry about too like could like somebody like hack it and hack in and steal signs. I mean the last and, thing we need is you know a Russian national you know joining a major league team and it's I mean it's all over. Yeah, it's all over from there. And you know the the best part about this was something that Rich Eisen um, said. Uh, someone shared with him. May, may I share it with you? Sure. An MLB executive recently shared with Rich Eisen that a rule was being discussed that would allow the manager of a trailing team to send any three players to the plate in the ninth inning, regardless of the team's batting order. So if Stanton, Judge, and Sanchez made the final outs of the eighth inning, Boone would have the option to send his three best hitters back to the plate for the first three at bats in the ninth if the Yankees were trailing. That's ridiculous. It's it's great that it could happen, but it's not the game of baseball anymore. Why not? No, I don't agree with that. You have to go in the batting order. That's what, that's the way it goes. But what other sport in the final moments of the game have their best players sitting on the bench? Don't worry, I'll wait. That's a good point. But that's not that's not the rules of the game of baseball. Yet. Yet. Oh, boy. If you are worried about losing the traditional fan, when you start plugging these things in, they're gone. I mean, the traditional fan's going to die anyway. At I mean, point. they're old. I, I mean, look, at some point, can we just start catering to a younger generation? How exciting would that be? Come on. The MLB needs to decide that, though. Do you want to start catering towards the younger generation, or do you want to keep the traditional fan? The traditional fan you isn't going to go anywhere. They're not going to go. What the hell are they going to go watch in the dead of summer? Yeah, the you, WNBA? You can't have both. Watch? You cannot have both, though. Make a decision and go with one and hope that the other one stays in line or be okay with them falling off, but know that... Very soon, if not yet, there is going to be less traditional fans and more newcomers, and that's the audience that you're going to want to cater towards. Think, I mean, think about the excitement of it all. It's exciting, right? But, I mean, I don't know. I, I always. Are you going traditionalist on me? I always err towards that side, but then once my team is in that predicament, I would probably want to see Judge, you know, Stanton, and I don't know whoever else, maybe Didi or whoever else. Judge Stanton. Uh, Sanchez. Sanchez. I would want to see them come up. And us have a chance to win the game, but I'd have to get used to that rule change. It's not something that I would be like okay with right away. The only question I would have after that is, what lineup do you, do you then go to, and is it is it at the end of the ninth or is it at the end of every inning? So I mean, what are we what are we really looking at? Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, something like this would absolutely elongate games now. You know, so I, it, it would it would I, look. I'm 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 intrigued. I'm intrigued. I mean, uh, unfortunately. Uh, one MLB source told the New York Post that the idea is not being discussed in the commissioner's office, but in an interview yesterday on ESPN Radio, the, the commissioner basically did insinuate that the idea had been brought up, but it didn't necessarily gain much traction. Mm -hmm. Commissioner, I'm here to tell you, get it on the tracks. I'm here for it. 
But Rob, Commissioner Manfred, I'm here for all of it. <clears throat> Even if Christine's not. <laughs> being a party pooper, Christine. I'm not being a party pooper. I'm being you a are. realist. I mean, like, we can ask our fans. We'll put it up anymore. on the, the time in page. You never want to have fun. You never want to have fun anymore. And ask them. Let's pull them. How many people are for it? You're going to run it up the pole? Yeah. Run it up the pole. I mean, I don't, I don't understand why you don't ever. I mean, how come every single time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way? Hmm? Maybe I just like to poop your party. You know, I hate so much about the things you choose to be. Just, just want you to know that. That's really rough. And that hurts. You are supposed to be a friend and love me. They don't make band-aids for hurt feelings. <laughs> God, if they did, this generation would be so much better off. <laughs> oh, Kirk Cousins, Christine. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. He's going to need a new home, right? I've heard this name so much. He, he's going to need a new home. The Redskins have Alex Smith now, unless the Redskins decide to be absolute and utter assholes and proceed to franchise tag him, which he's already basically insinuated. Franchise tag me if you want to. I will grieve the living hell out of you, which I don't see how he doesn't grieve that and absolutely win. But I digress. The New York Jets apparently are going to be hot on his ass. And are apparently willing to throw everything, including the kitchen sink. So that looks like two things, the kitchen sink. It looks like one thing is giving him $60 million up front first year. Or the kitchen sink also looks like an unheard of thing in the NFL, a fully guaranteed contract. So let's have this conversation for a moment here on Time In. Do you want to do whatever it takes to get Kirk Cousins here as the New York Jets quarterback, which would undoubtedly be, sad to say, the best quarterback they will have ever had under center since Joe Namath. God, that makes me nauseous. Or do you say, Kirk, you're not worth the money. We're not throwing that amount of guaranteed money at you. We're not giving you $60 million up front. We're going to take our bets with the sixth pick, draft the best quarterback that's available, run it, see what we can get. And if it doesn't work, we'll try it again. Co-host, what say you? I say... I say you go and you get Kirk Cousins. Do I feel 100% comfortable with the the two things that we may have to do to get him, paying him all of that money um, up front, guaranteeing him the contract? No, because a lot of things can happen. I mean, he could go out there the first play of a regular season game or even a preseason game and get an injury that ends his season, and then we're fucked. But the options that we have out there – um. The options that we have, we the options that we have out there. I feel that he is the best option for us right now. I don't think that drafting a quarterback where we're sitting in the draft and what is available to us are going to be better than Kirk Cousins. I also don't feel that um, I trust the Jets enough to take on a young quarterback and develop him because patterns show that we're not really good at that. So I would go and get him. It sounds I it sounds great to me in theory. Go get Kirk Cousins. He's a great quarter. He's a very good serviceable quarterback. 
but I, 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 I don't know. This isn't how I drew it up, Christine. This isn't how I envisioned it. This isn't what I dreamed of. When I envisioned the Jets getting a franchise quarterback, I envisioned doing it the way every other NFL team has done it. You draft him, you cultivate him, you grow him, you have him for 10, 15 years. He takes you to a bunch of AFC. That's what I envisioned. What I didn't envision was signing a 30-year-old quarterback because his team and him didn't like each other. They had a bitter breakup. We have him for five years. We have to throw on a massive amount of money at him to get him here, even if he's even willing to come here. What the hell do we have left to build around him? I, 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 I just, I, I, I look, I get it. I get it. They, they have a really shitty record of, of, of drafting quarterbacks and developing them. But in, in their defense, under under McCagnan, there's been two. There's been Hackenberg, and there's been Petty. Petty was a fourth rounder. Somebody want to show me the last fucking fourth round quarterback that actually turned out to be something? Don't worry, I'll wait. And then there's Christian Hackenberg, which, granted, that was pretty bad. But for me, not signing Kirk Cousins means one of two things. Either you sign, either you, you draft a quarterback and he turns out to be your franchise quarterback for the next 15 years, or you don't, he's a bust, you're shitty, you get a high draft pick again, and you try all over again. I think that it's more so what the Jets want to do, and they have made it clear that they want this win-now mentality. They don't – They. we talked about this a couple – last year, I think it was, we were talking like, what is the Jets' identity? Are we going to break it down and we going to rebuild, or are we trying to go forward with what we have and add pieces? So I think that if you do want to have the win-now mentality – or within the next year or two, then Kirk Cousins is the way to go. I mean, when you say that he's a very good serviceable quarterback, you do have wide receivers that he can throw the ball to that I think that he will be able to get the ball to them. So I think that the Jets do have the potential to be a way better team with him at quarterback, a way better team right now and the next couple of years to come than they would if they went the route of drafting somebody and having to help them develop and come along the way. Now, Kirk Cousins is not young, but he's not old either. So there is a very good possibility that he will be a very good serviceable quarterback for the New York Jets for the next, I don't know, five to six years. So can, but do you really think we can build a championship contending team in five to six years? Yes. Is Tom Brady dying tomorrow and nobody told me? No, but he is getting older and- <laughs> Where? Where? Show me where. In what way? There has been a lot of stuff going on in New England with him and Bill not being on the same page. I mean, I... Oh, I mean, I don't... Look at him. Look what he just did. Look what he just did. The son of a bitch doesn't age. Okay, but I think having Kirk Cousins at your quarterback at the Jets gives you a definitely better chance of being able to beat the New England Patriots because without Kirk Cousins, the Jets always played them well. They are the one team that gives New England a lot of trouble every year. Now you put Kirk Cousins there with a really young wide receiving court that showed promise, though, and has a quarterback that is way better throwing to them, and I think that it's possible. But Christine, we're going to – okay, let, let's say let, – let, let's go with that scenario. We signed Kirk Cousins. He, he, he brings whatever he brings with him. We have a young receiving, receiving core. What, what is going on? that? <laughs> He has a young receiving core. We're back in this position in five years. Okay, no I'll take five years of good jet football than what we've been subjected to for the last five years. I don't want good jet football. I want Super Bowl caliber jet football. And you think that you're going to get that with drafting a quarterback? 
in the ne- honestly, in the near future. Honestly, it's, but it's see, a, they're the always thing. a project. Look at Andrew Luck. I'm gonna use him as an example. He was drafted high. He was supposed to be amazing. He was gonna turn the Colts around. That guy hasn't been on the field in what two seasons, and doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. That is somebody that you wasted a draft pick on that showed promise, was really good, got hurt. Shit happens. But the same thing could happen with Cousins. He could sign here and get hurt. My only argument is this. I'm not in the position of wanting the Jets to be in this exact same position five years from now. This, is a, this to me, is a short-term solution. I'm tired of short-term solutions. I, I, I want to know that we have somebody behind center for 10 to 15 years. If that means... There's no guarantees. Be- you just said it. You're right. There is you no guarantee. You can draft a quarterback that could be a franchise quarterback and be really good and then get hurt. I'm willing to keep trying. I'm willing to keep but drafting. But what would be the big happens. deal if you draft Kirk Cousins right now who you know what you're getting? You know what you're getting. A good, serviceable, serviceable quarterback. For how? That can, for five years? It could be five years or longer. Like Go back to your example of Tom Brady. What if Kirk Cousins drinks out of the fountain in youth? fountain of youth and he does it too it could be longer than five years and hey maybe in five years or six years or whenever we need to go back to the drawing board there is a way better option available for the new york jets on the board than there is this year there's nothing that's really wowing me at quarterback in the draft that the jets are going to be able to access at number six it's a lot of money christy it's a lot of money they have it though they'll have 91 million if you're gonna up that's the thing you're you're gonna need to do stupid shit to get him here you're either gonna up front 60 million you're either gonna fully guarantee the contract because his quality what he wants his requirements is i want to win okay well and and what's pissing me off is well if he wants to win denver is the better option Uh, bitch what how is that the better option than the jets i don't see that i see the jets as a better option than denver they're at least younger roster wise they at least have the additional cap space and on top of that the last time i checked didn't denver and the jets have the identical record after the season so on that one bye bye but if minnesota is 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 the option for him to 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 go to and have the chance of winning why wouldn't he take that are they willing to offer him the same amount of money for the same amount see, of years? But see, now that's the question. Well, I'm, I'm sure they'd give him the years, but 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 are you that that's but that's that's where this conversation for me began is: Are you willing to do the stupid shit necessary to get him here? And and is that thirty million dollars or thirty one million dollars or however much it is that's left over? Is that enough? Is that enough to shore up your offensive line? Because Kirk Cousins without protection is Eli Manning without protection, which is shit. Or is is there enough for you to actually for you to actually have a pass rush? I, I just I, I I there's a there's an entire roster that's gotta get filled out here. And and honestly, I from my perspective as a fan, I will end up being resentful of Kirk Cousins if he comes here and he has we have no money left to build anything around him. Well, I I am happy with what I've seen Mike McCagnan do so far. I think that he knows what he's doing and I think he's done a great job with what he has. And I think that if they're going after Kirk Cousins and they're putting this money up, they have a plan in place and they're going to be able to fill the rest of the holes. And it may not be this year. It may be over the next couple of years. But I think that putting Kirk Cousins there is going to make them a better football right now. It makes them a better football team immediately. But I I think that they will be able to fix the holes that they need to fix this season. And if they don't, then 
you have the next season to do it. You have to understand that you want a football team that's going to win a championship. It's not going to happen overnight. The Jets are not, they're not a few pieces away from winning a Super Bowl championship. I'm sorry, this is the NFL. You can go from pretender to contender in one year. Yes, if you, do you think that there is the pieces available if they didn't get Kirk Cousins and they kept the $91 million on the table? Are there enough pieces available that they could pick up to turn to being a contender this season? Yes. Yes. It, let me tell you something. If Kirk, I'll, I'll use Kirk, and then I'll use who many argue is the most NFL-ready um, quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Not a Baker Mayfield guy, but I'm going to go with what the experts say. So let's take Kirk Cousins for a second. If he was able to take a a, a, a typical or atypical con- contract structure from the Jets, and that left us with, say, Mm, if he makes $35 million in his first season, that leaves us with, what, $55 million left to play with? Is that enough money to build a contender? Let me tell you something. Kirk Cousins behind center, that amount of money in free agency, and you still have your number six pick, and you hell yeah. Hell yes, the Jets go Well, I'm from telling that you record. to take Kirk Cousins out of the picture completely. Let's yes. say then he goes yes. and signs somewhere else. Still yes. I believe that. I don't think so. I believe that. I absolutely. I, I I think if the draft can shake out for you personally, where where you're either where you're either drafting Darnold or Mayfield, and you're putting them behind center immediately to start the season, yes. And you think they can win a Super Bowl with that roster? I do. I do because I think there's enough with their second and third round picks and with ninety one million dollars in cap space. To build a championship contending team, yes. You think that these guys can come right out of college, be plugged into this Jets roster with that new receiving core, and be Super Bowl ready this season? Yes. I want whatever it is you smoked before we went on on the air. Sadly, nothing. Just going to the comments quickly, Dora says maybe we need a new coach. I don't, I don't really know if Todd Bowles is necessarily the problem here. Todd Bowles shouldn't have been hired to begin with, Dora. <laughs> I, 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 like, for real, for real, Todd shouldn't have been hired to begin with. But now that the some bitch is here, we can't, I mean, sadly enough, we can't just keep overturning coaches. We, we just can't. Because that we, there needs to be some level of stability. And though I don't really agree with the dude half the damn time, you know what? Let him grow. We, we let, let him grow into whatever the hell he's apparently going to grow into. She also says a quarterback is not going to change a whole team. They do have a very, very large impact, though. That's my opinion. If you have a really good quarterback, they make the, quarterback players, the whole team. they make the players around them better. I didn't Hence always, Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, in, this, in, can, in today's NFL, yes, quarterback changes oh, the whole thing. You can put me on the field for the New England Patriots, and if Tom Brady was throwing to me, I'd have stats like Gronk. I mean, like he's amazing. I'm just saying. That was the nicest thing I think I've ever said about Tom Brady. I actually just threw up in my mouth. I, 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 I too Ugh. am not feeling too well now. And I, and I really, yeah. I, Are you it though? Just, it just came out. I didn't even really think about that. That's even more concerning though. That, that was just but like that's what I'm saying. It's like any other sport though. Like if you have one really, really good athlete, they make the players around them better. Unless if you're LeBron James. Oh. Ooh. Sorry. Ooh. That was a burn. That was a hot take, really. <laughs> let us let us continue because we're we're almost thirty minutes in, and we have not even 
touch the surface of what we need uh, before you continue just one more thing on the comments anthony uh, make, make says it, make it two three four more things anthony says that he likes polls and the fans like to have a say so we're definitely gonna run that poll. Oh, we're gonna up. run it yeah so fans that are tuned in and listening make sure that you check our facebook and our twitter at time and podcast and so. we do put we do put polls up we'll, so we'll run them. keep run your them eyes poll. up for the polls and make sure that you vote so that your voice is heard polls are fun Wow, that came like out. I was gonna say, God <laughs> damn it! It came out of my mouth, and then the pause, and I'm like, mm, "This isn't gonna be received well." Shit! Here comes Christine. Oh, she said it. Now we're stuck. Where to go, Christine? Where to go? Glad I could help you. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, something is rotten in the state of Dallas. Yes, I know Dallas isn't a state. Go read more Shakespeare in your life. Um. The Dallas Mavericks had a story come out in Sports Illustrated. I want to discuss this more with you, so I'm just going to give a very basic outline. Their team president um, was accused of facilitating a hostile workplace for women. Uh, Terdima Useri was accused of making sexual suggestive remarks to several women. Um, SI contacted six female former Mavericks or American Airlines Center employees who claimed they left the sports sector because of structure that left them feeling vulnerable and devalued while protecting powerful men who misbehaved. A male former department head said there was, quote, built-in protection for a lot of men. And this is just a stream of uh, disturbing accusations. Uh, and the other aspect of it is the team is the report said the team website reporter, Earl Sneed, uh, who was brought in directly by Mark Cuban. Um, Sneed was a very ambitious young man when he began and contacted Cuban directly, lobbying for himself. And it ultimately turned into a, do a job. He was twice accused of domestic assault while working for the Mavericks, uh, he actually wasn't even able to travel with the team to get into Canada because of these domestic assault uh, charges. Oh, a country that actually takes things seriously. That must be nice. Um, and I, I just want to... Canada a country? <laughs> it is a country. Okay. Um, and, and I really want to highlight um, a, a examples and instances of, what, of, of what's going on. And, and I want people to understand the climate that these women were working in. Usury told one woman of her weekend plans, quote, you're going to get gangbanged, aren't oh you? Oh my God. Two women claimed Usury harassed them for years, incidents that ranged from inappropriate remarks to direct requests for sex to physically touching women's calves and thighs during meetings during meetings. Mark Cuban claims that he knew nothing about any of these allegations against his team president. And he claimed, quote, I defer to the CEO who at the time was uh, Tradema and to HR. I was involved in basketball operations, but other than getting the financials and reports, I was not involved in, in the day-to-day -day 
of the business side at all. That's why I just deferred. I let people do their jobs. And if there were anything like this at all, I was supposed to be made aware of. Obviously, I was not. However, when it came to the reports of the team reporter and his sexual, I'm not sexual, I'm sorry, his uh, assault violations, sexual assault violations, um, Mark Cuban did know and apparently um, did not handle them in the best way, in in his own um, words, I believe. Um, but I, I I'm pretty sure that was uh, something I, I I read. But and, and I'm going to look this up really quickly as, as as you give your take. But Christine, this is shocking. I mean, is it though? I mean, I hate to to sound like that, being the female co-host sitting up here, that I'm not even shocked by these allegations and the the climate and the day and age that we're in you hear this stuff happening on a daily basis now hence the whole me too movement i mean the more women that are not being quiet and that are coming forward with these things you're finding out that it's basically happening everywhere every single day so is it really shocking and sickening I mean, the fact that it's still happening in 2018 is shocking and sickening. And when is enough going to be enough? And when is something going to be done? Mark Cuban is saying that he didn't even know about the domestic violence allegations. Was he arrested for them? Like he has a criminal record? I'm checking this right now. Because like you, you, whenever any employer hires an employee, isn't it common practice in this day and age to do a background check so that stuff did not come up? I don't buy it. Mark Cuban's a scumbag anyway. He claims uh, that, quote, I didn't know until I just looked into it again of Sneed's history, saying everything was handled by the Mavericks at that point. The CEO and HR had no reason to doubt their handling of anything because none of this was communicated to me. I can't even begin to tell you how bad it is to me. Well, I mean, that's typical, like uh, Mark Cuban, um, an owner just throwing their employees underneath the bus and passing the buck. Oh, I knew nothing about it. It's their fault. Blame them. Look at them. You're the fucking owner of the team. Like, you should know everything that's going on in your franchise. Don't tell me that you had no idea and now you want to blame it on everybody else. And I have an answer for you. Sneed, he joined the team full-time during the 10-11 season, was involved in a domestic dispute with a girlfriend at about mid-season, resulting in his arrest. Oh, you had no idea. No idea that your team president was arrested mid-season. He was later accused of hitting a female coworker in 2014 oh who reported the incident to her supervisor and the vice president of human resources, Buddy Pittman. And both Pittman and Sneed were fired earlier this week. Good. They deserve to be fired. I think Mark Cuban should have to sell the team. Right? What, what was the guy's name? Donald Sterling. Thank you. He, he was making racial comments, right? And he had to sell his team after he was caught, caught on recording making these comments. So why is this any different? Is domestic violence and sexually harassing women different than making racial slurs? Aren't we all doing something wrong? So if one has to do, the other should have to do. So Mark, 
Mark Cuban's also in the news for fucking outwardly saying that his team is tanking the rest of the season. So he is in trouble in multiple facets. I do not think he should have ownership in an NBA team anymore. Are you basing that off of him just being ignorant? Are you assuming that he knew? I'm assuming that he knew. But can you make an so ignorance? Would you be willing to? Would you be willing to make someone sell their team for for not knowing something? Yes. If you are the owner of a company or you are the owner of a business or whatever it is, should you not know all the things that are going on or at least make an effort to know? You, if you owned an NBA team, would you just give everything to your team president and your CEO and not be involved in anything anymore? You're asking the wrong one because if I owned a team, that team would be my toy. I'd be the team president. I mean, if you're just like a multimillionaire like Mark Cuban and this was just a toy to you to play around with and say that you're the owner and you really wanted no involvement in it, then maybe that's where you go with that. But I think that he is the owner of the team and ignorance is not bliss and you should be held accountable. But held accountable by forcing him to sell his team because... What are you going to do to him? What kind of punishment is right? To fine a multimillionaire? He's, what was his what fine are you that fining he, him for? Because... For being, for being bad these, at his job? For yeah, but like you had you can't women find that were somebody for being bad at his job. If he's look, if he's saying if you're bad at your job, you get fired. But he is the boss. You can't fire. Hey, look, here's my argument. If if we can't prove in any way, shape, or form that he knew about this, you're basically saying to him, "Wow, you have a business structure that put people in charge." You trusted them to do their jobs. They didn't do their jobs. You held them accountable after you found out that they didn't do their jobs, but you should still now be forced to sell your team. Unless we can prove that he knew about this to make him sell his team is absolutely wrong. Because my question to you is, what did he do wrong? He let this stuff go on in his organization. He didn't let it go on if he wasn't aware of it. And how do you know? Are you you're assuming That's that he point. wasn't? You're I, no. What I'm saying is, you you you. I'm not gonna prosecute him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna literally throw him to the wolves if I can't prove that he knew. The sometimes the best action is inaction. I, if it comes out that he was aware of what was going on in his organization and he did nothing then yes then yes i would say he should be forced to sell his team but to say that he should be forced to sell his team because he implemented a business structure that was ineffective i think is unfair so what do you think should happen here do you think that you should assume that mark cuban knew nothing about it and that these people that were fired that is the only thing that needs to happen and what happened to these women now nothing gets fixed for them what happens to those women is I these think, two men losing me their job something. enough i think those women should sue the living hell out of mark cuban sometimes money's not enough though because mark cuban is a multi-millionaire that will pay these women probably before the lawsuit even goes through and will settle outside of court with them and what's to say that this exact thing doesn't happen in this organization again and mark cuban can just turn a blind eye and say i didn't know again it was the ceo and the president i wasn't involved and maybe he is involved and he gets to skate every single time using this argument. I mean, this guy has been in trouble for years. He's a scumbag. There's no denying that. So I'm sorry. I'm erring on the side that he knew based on all of the other problems he's had over the years. 
that's the problem with this me too movement and all the things that are going on with women is that there is not enough of punishments going on and there is if everybody's just now coming out and it's oh oh, these women are getting crazy. Oh, these women are always complaining. Oh, let's just sue. Okay, so you sue and you get some money. It's not fixing the problem, though. It's not going to stop it. His team would fix the problem? No, it's not. I'm not saying that it's making... I'm saying that people need to be held accountable and there needs to be some type of punishment suffered that's going to actually hurt somebody like Mark Cuban. Something that he's going to feel so that he knows what he did was wrong or what went on in his organization is wrong. Like, you can't just have an organization running amok and an owner that claims I don't know what's going on. None of these women came forward and went to him as the owner and told him what was going on. That's what really needs to come out. Because if he's claiming that he didn't know, and then these women come forward and they say, we we did, in fact, file complaints with Mr. Cuban, then I call bullshit. And now he should have to sell his team. I think he should face discipline. I do. What's the discipline that would would be good enough for this? I would argue that I think it would be fair to fine him. I think it would be fair to suspend him. Um, I think those are all fair punishments, even if it comes out that he was not aware. I think both of those are fair punishments. I think, however, I think, however, the only way... I think the only way that you make him sell his team is if he was aware. That's the only way. Going to the comments, is this CJ? Is that Carl? Carl, yeah. Carl says he made Cuban a ton of money, so they look the other way. I don't fucking doubt it. I mean, like that that's really what it boils down to is whenever there is money or wherever there is success, people tend to look the other way and say that it's okay. It's fucked up. I'm sorry. Like, you know what? And I, knock on wood, I am a woman in 2018 that has never felt fell victim to this type of behavior from a man. And I hope that I never have to. But it's disgusting that this is going on. And like, at first, I'm gonna be honest, when all these women started coming forward, you know, all these athletes and uh, a lot of the soccer players were coming out. And then the whole thing with the, when the the um, USA, um gymnastics team thank you came forward i was like wow this is absolutely disgusting what this doctor did and then i started paying closer attention because i'm like how many of these women are going to come forward and where the hell were you while this was going on now everybody seems to all jump on the boat that everybody wants to come forward at the same time so i feel like people aren't paying attention because it's like oh now all you guys want to come out of the woodwork and it just seems like it has been building and building and building but i think what happened is that women finally have said enough and they're not afraid to come forward anymore there's strength in numbers and now they see that people are doing it so it's like i'm gonna come out too because something needs to it needs to change i can i completely agree and i think that he should be held accountable for even allowing under his leadership for a culture like that to even exist. But you, but we started out with the question of should he be selling his team even if he was not aware? I think that there needs to be some type of discipline handed down to him. I, I mean, I'm sorry, you're in that maybe will make everybody else wake up. Yeah, maybe you do have to sell your team because you didn't know what was going on in your own organization and it was something pretty fucking severe. We shall see. 
think it's a good thing that we're heading into the next segment because Christine is already kind of fired up, which would be really appropriate because now Christine is going to absolutely bitch, moan, and complain in our newest segment. Take it away. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Christine. What's on your mind? I have to talk about I have to talk about Fergie singing of the national anthem at the All-Star game. I just need to know why. Why? What was she thinking? There has to be rehearsals, no? Nobody in Fergie's camp. None of her good friends, nobody thought that they should tell her that it didn't sound good so that when she got on national television at the NBA All-Star Game in California, her hometown, her home city, her home state, whatever, that she was going to look like that. That's fucked up. You really don't have good people around you. I get that she just got divorced. She's trying to feel a little sexy. Clearly, the little black dress that she had on, it was a lot for the national anthem. And she tried to sex up the national anthem and it just sounded awful you watched as the cameras panned to the players and the fans in the audience and the players some of them couldn't hold back their laughter the faces that were made jimmy kimmel lost his shit in the audience okay and then the let's play some basketball at the end i was like oh i just thought it couldn't get worse and it went there i said this week on our twitter somebody should have told fergie that the national anthem was not supposed to be fergalicious awful um i have a gift for you let's enjoy it together christine Fergie. i want i want your commentary throughout this entire thing here we go you ready give us the play-by-play christine here we go see right here it's not bad yet it's not that bad yet I was okay that right there like right now it's starting to turn you're like where is she yeah. going where right. is she going I was like oh wow it's nice that she can hit those notes nope. it's like so much emphasis on the words it sounds it's like too sultry yeah it sounds like she's trying to have a phone sex conversation with somebody <laughs> Oh, there it is. There, there it is, Jesus. There it is, Jesus. It's like she's like, I, I want to be naughty. Spank me. That's what she's asking for at this point. She wants, she wants to be all red, white, and blue. She would like. I honestly, at this point, I oh, here think. Wait a minute. Here we go. The range is impressive, but now I feel like she's telling everybody, I'm single, uh-huh. looking for a man. Yeah. I'm available. Mm-hmm. Me, right here. There it was for me. There it was for me, right there. Now that's that, why I checked out. I checked out right there. That's how we know she sounds in bed now. At least she oh, gave you God. a little insight oh, into the bedroom. This is awful. I mean, this is so where I'm good. like, I'm like, nobody it's told her. So good. 
You know it's bad when Draymond couldn't close his mouth. At this point, everyone's like, is it almost over? (laughs) Is it over yet? It's like uncomfortable. Oh, God. And just when you think, folks, that it can't get any worse, wait for it. Here, here comes Jesus. Oh, my God. Jesus. You know, I think that somebody Ooh, in cartoons, yes. you know, when they throw the hook and they pull them off the stage, <laughs> somebody should have did that to Fergie. You know what? It, too bad she didn't do that performance on the stage at Showtime at the Apollo so they could have had the Sandman come out and get her. She did address all of the... Um, criticism that she was getting on Twitter and say that the national anthem did not go the way that she thought it would. Christine, before we move into water cooler conversation, I have two words to respond to Fergie's comments on that. No shit. Water cooler conversation. Oh, the drop is back. It's back. It's back. Let's fuse the worlds of entertainment and sports, gossip, news, politics, and all into everyone's favorite segment, Water Cooler Conversations. The first water cooler conversation of the day. <sighs> I, I really hope that you're not going where I think you're going with that tie because I'm going to be really mad at you. Fucking Tim Tebow. Oh, how dare you? Be, because you know what? I'm really, I'm really, I'm really over this, this, this fucking sideshow. I mean, this is, this is really getting ridiculous now. Sandy Alderson needs to be nailed to a fucking wall. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with, with, with his development. And, you know, this is about where, uh, you know, we all thought he would be. And, you know, I, I could see him making the major league roster and, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully that's soon. What kind of shit is this? The Mets are going to add this man to their 40-man roster and potentially bring him up to the major league squad. This is why the New York Metropolitans are a joke of an organization. Are they? But Christine, are you are gonna, are you are gonna sit? Are you really gonna are sit they? here? You're gonna stand by this? You're gonna stand did, by this. But did I you? not tell you that this would happen? Did I not say that Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow would be a major league player for the Mets? Did I not say it? I had more faith in the in the Mets as an as an actual Matthew, major league Matthew, baseball organization. Answer the question. This is absurd. Did I not say it? We can bring up the receipts. As I don't. Like I don't. Say. I don't. I don't want the receipts because you know what? I want a goddamn store credit on all this bullshit. Here is, and this is absurd. Here is why I have been saying from day one that Tim Tebow will be a major league player in the, the Mets. Love of God. I had this conversation just yesterday with one of my friends. I'm at the sorry Mets to hear that for your friend. Um, they'll put him in the roster in. And on, on the 40 man. Yes, on the 40 man roster. And he will play because the Mets want to put fans in their stadium in their seats because that's what they can't do right now. Yes, the Mets do have loyal, diehard fans that go to games no matter how bad the team is, no matter how good the team is, but they cannot fill that stadium. And Tim Tebow has cult like followings and fans that are absolutely crazy about him. So when the Mets put him on the field, people will come and there will be asses in the seats to watch him so even if he is not up to par developmentally baseball wise to be on a 40-man roster he will play but i also don't think that he is as bad at baseball as you think he is i'm not saying that he is a major league player yet but he could potentially be there obviously the mets see something in him I 
don't even know what to say. Are you following his stats in the minor leagues? Christine. I'm just asking. You know what? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm willing to have a legitimate conversation about Tim Tebow making a major league roster when the son of a bitch can bat above 250 at able. Okay. That's that that's when this host is going to entertain this Bolshevik idea. My other co-host is going to continue my other co- my co-host is going to continue to remain undyingly in love with Tim Tebow. Facts, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. And she's going to continue to drink the the blue raspberry lemonade Kool-Aid. I will. Have you seen Tim Tebow with his shirt off? I have. I have. It's not in my Google image searches, no. Well, actually, it is in Google if you search it, but it's with the Jets. The I'm other okay. team that he made I'm, professionally that one. I'm yeah. okay. And I and it, it's borderline whether the Jets are an actual professional fucking team. Do you not remember two segments ago? <laughs> for the love of God. Can can we can we move on? Sure. Thank you. I want a Tebow watch drop. Can I Tebow watch 2018 producer ant work your magic because we're gonna be talking about him a lot more this year on this show no, sadly the the, 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 the she, she's not wrong y'all <laughs> that that really is what has me maybe a little jesus in the meth locker room will go a long way you know he's gonna bring that with him what, what's he gonna do lay hands and heal david right next maybe he healed the fan remember that one the, the seizing fan he was there for it and helped them you just don't know. It's Tim Tebow. Anything's possible. <laughs> All right, move on. It's awkward now. It's awkward. Stop. You're making- uh, be, because I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm, you're right. I am going to move on. I am going to move on. Uh, this, um, last week, uh, Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo left spring training um, for his home in Parkland, Florida, um, which was the site of the deadly shooting at his former uh, high school, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And he offered words at a candlelight vigil uh, a week ago today where he said, quote, we're all grieving with you. Whatever support I can offer, you'll have it. We see this on TV too often. We get horrified that this violence is inflicted on our kids. We get angry that there's nothing we can do. And then we ultimately get immune and move on to something else. But then it happens in our own town. And we realize it can happen to us. Although I don't have all the answers, I know that something has to change before this is visited on another community and another community and another community. He also tweeted, quote, I hope... In this darkest of times, back home, this brings everyone together and we can find love. You're all in my prayers. Um, You know, I think it's a a testimony to the person Anthony Rizzo is um, and probably a testament to the community that Parkland, Florida is, that he felt such a connection and a need uh, to return home, uh, to be there for that vigil, to offer his support. Talk about it. Those kids from Parkland are amazing. The fact that they are doing what they're doing right now and they're lobbying and they are getting the attention of the people they need to get the attention of and they're doing an amazing job. Watch, watching those students makes me so incredibly proud to work 
with the students of this generation every day because middle schoolers knowing that they will at some point be these high school students and 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 have the ability to truly impact and change the world to know that these high school students um were able to rally so hard and so much that they sat in a room with the president of the United States that they organized an entire in, internationally broadcast a town hall on CNN. Yeah, and they were debating right up there with the NRA. They they were they were asking questions of the NRA of both of their United States senators of of their districts congressmen. I I, I mean the activism that that these young people are showing is admirable and and I'm I'm going to say they are going to impact change. They absolutely are. And, you know, I, I got a an email from my superintendent that I haven't yet responded to where she asks uh, me, my school's uh, guidance counselor and the principal, you know, with this upcoming week and us returning back, you know, how, you know, we want to handle it and, and um, you know, what conversations do we want to have take place and, you know, when it comes to the the walkout and, and you know what would it what should our response be and I, and I haven't responded to her yet because from the time that I was the age of these high school students I believe in student activism I believe in students standing up for what they believe in challenging the thoughts and the processes of adults because all too often uh, we get threes and fours and, and fives and sixes at the beginning of our age, and we somehow think that we know more than they do. Right. And while we may have a different perspective than they do just from living longer, we don't necessarily know more than they do. And we have to we have to keep an, an ear and listen to them and hear them and then oftentimes act on what they're saying because we can't automatically dismiss them as wrong. And I haven't responded back because I'm not quite sure that my response to that email is going to necessarily be what one would expect. Because my response to that email, my heart is going to say, if they decide on that date at that time that they're walking out, I'm walking out right next to them. Yeah. I mean, these are all things that <clears throat> I don't know if we're going to address in my school because we are in an elementary school. So I'm not sure if, you know, the kids will be, you know, maybe you will have some fourth and fifth graders um, who will walk out, but I don't know if it's going to trickle down to affect our elementary school students. Mm -hmm. But I do know that I work in a school building with an administration that is all about letting kids have a voice. I have a principal that has her door open constantly and is open to kids coming in and, it's never them asking her a question about something they don't agree with and the answer being, well, it's what it is because I said so. Or, uh, you know, we're the adults in the building and it stops here. Like she's always open to kids questioning things and her sitting down and having a conversation and explaining things. And I think that it starts from the top. So that trickles down to the staff being open to have those conversations with kids. So when you say that kids are questioning, you know, a lot of times when you see these older teachers or older administrators in a building, it's like, well, I'm in charge and that's the end of it. You know yep. what I'm saying? And that's not correct. Like you said, like sometimes we need to stop and you need to take a minute because these kids are bringing valid points and look at what these kids from Parkland are doing. And the best part about it is they're doing it respectfully. They're doing it in a way where they're getting people to listen. They're arguing their points without, um, using any type of profanity or like any type of derailment and the things that they're saying are so heartfelt and you could tell that they really put thought into it and I think that it, that is what is getting more and more people to pay attention and take the time to sit down and listen and you know 
people are actually now open to having conversations about what needs to change in this country about gun laws, what needs to change in this country about a lot of things. And um, I was never one that was really out and about, but you and I discussed that we're both going to go March 24th to the march in New York City. Yep. And we w- we both would love to be in D.C., but we can't because we have you know prior engagements, but we're going to go in the city, and I think it's going to be a huge march. Yep. And I think it's really important that we're out there as educators that work with youth, and I anybody who's listening or tuning in March 24th, make sure that you're there in New York City because this is an important cause that everybody needs to get behind. And we don't talk politics here in time in, and I'm going to say for both of us, we're not saying that we don't agree with the Second Amendment and that you shouldn't have a right to own a gun. I'm just saying that it needs to, something needs to change. We're kids are not dying anymore and it needs to be a little bit more difficult to get guns that's how i feel uh i'm i'm over personally um the the taglines i'm just i'm i'm over the guns don't kill people people do i'm over the oh this is just a mental health issue i'm i'm over i'm i'm over a lot of it um I'm over nobody solving the problem. Um, and beware, because this country is their country too. And let it be known, they are going to outnumber the generation at the very top that are the lawmaking decision makers right now. And what I'm noticing in the organizing of these marches, especially in New York City, is that all across the the route, apparently, there are going to be voter registration booths for 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, like these young kids, and for those 17-year-olds who turn 18 this year. They're, they're coming for you guys. Lawmakers, they're coming for you. They want to, they, they, they don't want to be afraid to go to school and die. And I don't think that's too much to ask. No, I mean, it's a, it's a natural right, like to be able to feel safe in school, a place where our youth spends most of their time and they come to to feel safe. So that's an absolute basic right that they should have. And I think that's another great thing about these kids is that they're coming, but they, they're coming with solutions. It's not like your typical, like, this is a problem and we need to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. They're telling you what they think needs to happen in order for it to be fixed. So, you know, a lot of times people are more willing to listen when you come to them with a problem, when you have a solution attached to it. Even if it's not a great solution and you got to work around it, it's better than coming and saying, here's a problem. Now you fix it. So my hat goes off to these kids, really. Agreed. You want to talk about something a little bit happier? I would love to talk about something a little happier. Bron Bron, this is now the Bron Bron portion of the show because he gets the next two topics. Bron Bron has signed on uh, as a producer for a reboot, a remake of the popular film House Party. <laughs> and what what is he going to be? What is his character? Oh, well, he's not in it, though he might make a cameo, but he's just producing it. Producing, okay. Yes. So um, are you here for a house party remake? Sure. Yeah? I will check it out when it comes to Netflix. I don't know if I'd go oh, to shit. the movie okay. theater and see it. All right. I'm not. <laughs> um, I don't know how you remake something that was really based upon having high top, low top fades and really bad dance moves um, from the late 80s and early 90s. Um 
what, what are they going to do on a remake? Do the Dougie? Like, I don't understand. Like, in a dab? I mean, what is... I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, some things... Some cult classics need to be just left as cult classics. LeBron thinks he could do whatever he wants, though, so... LeBron can... Never mind. Never mind. Let me not go after him, because I'm about... I have to defend him in about 30 seconds on the next one. So, you're here for a House Party reboot? I say uh, no. I don't want a House Party reboot before I get Bad Boys 3. Let's really talk about that. That's shit. fair. That's definitely you fair. You understand? Yeah, I hear you. Don't 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 give me that until I get what y'all been telling me I've been getting for like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years now. What's up with that? Why hasn't it came back? Oh Jesus. You know, trying to get Martin and Will to get schedules okay, all Will together. Will is a little busier than Martin these days. Oh, don't do that. Don't shade Martin. I'm sorry. Come on. Can don't we work that. it he's out? Try, he's working on a Martin reboot. I'm here for that, even though I really wasn't the hugest fan of Martin from the beginning, but mm, it was funny. I don't know if I'd really tune into that well, I mean, consistently, but I would check it no, out. No, I mean, I'll check out the first episode just to see what it's like. And then, right. I'll, you know, what's with off. all the reboots? Like, they did the Will and Grace reboot. Can we bring Saved by the Bell back? No, they're so old now. It's probably not entertaining. Never I'd mind. be all for a fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot with um, Will as, like, the uncle now. Yeah. I'm just thinking that Saved by the Bell with Dustin Diamond could be really dirty. It could be like really like pervy gross. We're going to move on. Now. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Because I really just don't want to go down that sewer. <laughs> that's okay with you. I, that's fine. Because right now we have, an, we have the E for explicit on, on the iTunes. I don't think there's a triple X rating. So let's just. Oh, oh okay. Because you, you go there and then. We're not ready yet. Considering there was another you know person who did porn from that cast. So let's just not even. Yeah, Jesse Spano. Shut up, really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, she did soft porn. Oh. You never saw that on HBO? No. No. Growing I, up, you didn't see that wasn't in high school? Like the well, one like, that no, like was Junior High. Weird, like, um, what's that channel? Lifetime movies? Yeah, but before that, she was in, like, could you remember back on, like, the, like, HBO and, like, Cinemax, like, after, like, 12, 3 o'clock, where you would, like. 12, 3 o'clock? Like between like midnight and three a.m. Got it, got it. Okay. You know where you would put it on, and then you'd have like Nickelodeon as the last channel, so that you're watching, it so you could just quickly click the button to go back. No, that wasn't you. I don't think I, I don't think I was. I don't think we had that cable package when oh, I was a kid. I don't think me. we had all those things. All right, where to let, where to leave me out to dry? <laughs> anyway, yeah, she was. She did like soft porn. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Good talk. Earlier. Um, last week, LeBron and Kevin Durant provided some political commentary, um, offered their opinions on world affairs, which, you know, as American citizens, I would assume they have the right to do. And Laura Ingram of Fox News, um, apparently didn't like the fact that they had political opinions. Let's, let's, you know, play this clip and, uh, then let's discuss because, I'm gonna rip this bitch a new asshole, but let's 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 speak first. We're gonna do a listen and then a turn and talk. I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> don't don't don't. I have another day left of vacation. Can we not? Sorry, go for it. Jesus. All right, we're gonna create a new banner. This is a jump doc alert. NBA superstar LeBron James is talking politics again, and this time it's R-rated. Here's his barely intelligible, not to mention ungrammatical take on President Trump and a new ESPN podcast. The number one job in America, the point of person, is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a fuck about the people. But wait, there's more gripping insight. 
ESPN host Carrie Champion asked James and fellow NBA star Kevin Durant about what she described as Trump's racist comments. I feel like our team as a, as a country is not ran by a great coach. It's not even a surprise when he says something. It's not even a surprise. It's like laughable. It's like it's laughable, it's laughable and it's but scary. It, but it's also scary right, because right. I shouldn't be numb to your racist right, comments. Right. I shouldn't yeah. be numb to your behavior. I'm numb to this commentary like, must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Oh, man. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. Wow. We'll be right back. You better take this first, Christine. Um, I didn't honestly I didn't hear the whole entire commentary till you just played it now I heard the last snippet of the shut up and dribble um, I think that it's ridiculous that this Fox anchor thinks that it's okay for her to go after people for having an opinion based on what they said I don't even think there's anything wrong with what they said most of most of the people feel that exact way about Donald Trump that he just shoots off at the mouth and he says things that are crazy or laughable or racist at times. So, I mean, what they're saying is not coming way out of left field. Um, do I think that this commentary was racially motivated? I want to say no. I think that she is coming out of a place more of their stupid jocks that dropped out of um, that didn't go to college, that play in the NBA, they have no right to talk about politics because they're not educated enough to be here. So just shut up and dribble. You wonder how I heard it? Yes. I heard it in two fashions. One, black man know your place. And I heard it as entertain me. Just dance for me. Do what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to entertain me. Um, the last time I checked, every person in this damn country has an opinion. The last time I checked, every person has a right to voice their opinion. The last time I checked, LeBron James does more for community than Laura Ingram could ever imagine possibly doing. Ever. Because you, because you disagree with him is why you're telling him to shut up and dribble. Right. But I don't think that that necessarily is coming out of a place of, of a racial issue. I think that she honestly just thinks he's stupid. She said it. Like, she said, like, a, a guy, what it, what the exact wording was, a guy who, was it dropped out of high school? Is that what she said? To go play in the NBA? I think it's, like, in other words, like... All she, all, all she did in that entire segment was promote stereotypes. She, 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 she came in... She came at him for that. Oh, well, you just wanted to drop out of high school. You don't even speak well. Right. Again, I, I, I she's mean, attacking his kidding? education level. I think that she felt that he... There are no racial undertones to this? I don't know. I mean, now, if it was... Like, I, 
if it was Kristaps Przingis, Kristaps Przingis and Dirk Nowitzki sitting there and she equally ripped them for this, would you still feel there's racial undertones? She wouldn't have. You don't know that. But let's say it happened. I know Laura Ingram. She wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have even been news at that point because nobody really cares about them. LeBron is a very polarizing figure that has been in the news a lot lately for voicing his opinions, and he has every right to do that. But uh, that's my question to you. Now, it, or or let's say it was a African American news anchor. You can rip- call them black. I, okay, thank you, because there's a lot. No, no, please call us black. If it was a black news anchor that was ripping two white players, would you feel that there's racial undertones there? Ripping two black play. If it was a it was a black anchor ripping two white players for what? For speaking out? If it was the same exact thing. Let's say they were voicing their opinions on their disdain for Donald Trump and they had the same exact conversation that LeBron and Kevin Durant had. And they said the same exact things. And Laura Ingram's response was exactly the same to them. Would you think that there is racial undertones there or it's coming from a place of you're just a dumb jock, shut up and dribble? I'm going to tell you where the difference comes into play. The difference is... This country does not have a history of telling white men what their place is. This country has a history of telling a black person where your place is. The, 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 the tone in which she took, this is, this is what I'm saying. I, I mean, the tone in which she took touched way too close to black man know your place. The only way it could have taken to another level was if she said boy. I was waiting for it. Best believe I was waiting for her to call them boy. I I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand how anyone can hear that and not immediately hear that she's t- stay in your place know your role well, you know what i i would like to say that maybe it's my background that i come from being a phys ed teacher and growing up playing sports i was always put on a different tier from my um from my classmates and from my colleagues even now to this point i mean people downgrade what i do every day as a phys ed teacher that i am not another teacher just like everybody else in my school building and it's because i'm just a dumb gym coach a lot of times i've been told that by other people so i feel that when i hear this that's what i'm hearing like you i am a Fox News anchor, I know more about politics than you do. I don't hear white and black. I hear that you're stupid and you have no right to speak on something that you don't know about. But but see, but see, that's what's offensive. Is is what don't I, what don't they what don't they know? That I agree. There is no disagreement here between you and I that what she said is offensive and absolutely wrong and disgusting. I just don't think that it was racially motivated. I think she's coming more of a place of like I said, like you're stupid, shut up. Like, because why? Because he doesn't have the same opinions you do that makes him stupid or that makes him not allowed to express his opinions. Isn't that the great thing about this country is freedom of speech and that you can talk on whatever you want to talk on. I mean, there is some people that believe that you should not be allowed to say anything bad about the president, but that's that's bullshit. If you don't agree with what he's doing and he's doing something wrong, you should absolutely be able to speak about it. And I don't think that LeBron James and Kevin Durant said anything that bad. I think that this is just Fox News standing up on their soapbox again and they're calling out these athletes and saying that she is saying that you're stupid. You don't belong talking about this because you're uneducated and you don't get to be in this ring with us and and have an opinion. 
I, I, I just, I'm over it. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I think really also what this boils down to is the fact that LeBron James has more influence in this country than Laura Ingram and she just doesn't like it. Absolutely. And LeBron, she's really, she's kind of over having, LeBron you know, was asked about how he felt about this and he didn't even want he didn't even say her name. He's not going to give her any more airtime because before this whole controversy went down, nobody even knew who Laura Ingram was. So let's keep it that way and let her keep her job at Fox news and be that anchor that, nobody knows exists before this your name wasn't coming out of anybody's mouth now your name is coming out of people's mouth and it's not for something positive <sighs> just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you're uneducated whether you went to whether you finished high school whether you went to college some college not college that's that's just a stupid viewpoint to have but like you said, that is a stereotype that I think that maybe you're you're missing. Like it happens all the time. You know, everybody always makes fun of dumb jocks. That's like a, a, a classic stereotype. Can we talk about porn? What? <laughs> Can we talk about porn? I mean... This is our show. We can talk about whatever you want. Well, it's sports related. Okay. So a former Olympic snowboarder who gave up the sport to become a porn star has now revealed she wants to become queen of the slopes again. Melo Imai gave up boarding after the 2006 turn games under intense scrutiny from the media and took to earning money as a hostess in a bar as well as becoming a, a porn star in softcore films. But now she's back to snowboarding. And amazingly, she's just won a national competition within just four days of training and has her eyes on the Winter Olympics for 2022. I have a question. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm going to embarrass myself for asking this question on the show. Mm -hmm. What is softcore porn? Oh, absolutely. Look, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Because this is the second time softcore porn has come up yeah. on time in today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't want to ask at it's first, okay. but I think I have an idea, but I just want to be Softcore porn does not include you seeing any level of penetration. Okay. Is clothing on? No. Okay. And oftentimes in softcore porn, you don't actually see the male genitalia, believe it or not, in, in much softcore porn. Show's really taken just a turn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Should have really answered that question off air, shouldn't I? I should have probably asked that question off air. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We've got that E next to the show. Let's fucking use it. I mean, I, hey, if I'm the only person out there that was wondering that, shame on me. But maybe it's because I now I really don't see what would be the intention of watching softcore porn. Some people actually prefer. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm going to the final topic of water cooler conversation. That is what I'm going to do because you are about to take me someplace I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it with you. It's over. Suspended Raiders linebacker Alden Smith is failing to keep up with his nine thousand seven dollar per month child support payments after he was banished for the NFL, and he's asked a judge to drop the amount owed as a result. So he said, I have no income since November 2015. I've done my best to stay current, but without an income, I have fallen behind. He believes that being a bust in the NFL should lower his child support. 
What say you? I don't think that he's completely wrong there. I mean, like, isn't the amount of child support that you pay based on your current job, is that not accurate? Yes. So if he doesn't have... It's based a, upon your income. Okay. Which could be coming from a variety of different resources, sources, but yes. Right. So if he's no longer in the... When they, when they based his income, he was currently on an NFL roster making the money to make that payment. He is no longer currently on that NFL roster at that current amount of money. So now you have to adjust it. I'm not saying that you should not pay anything, but it definitely needs to be lowered to something that is affordable. If It's like saying like, you know, he's no longer making that money. So where is he supposed to get it from? And how many kids does he have that he has that much child support? Or is it... This is for one child. He owes $79,000 in child support now. Damn! Well, good luck, Alden. Better you than me. Mm. Maybe you'll wrap it up next time. Facts. Look, I'm, I'm just glad not to have any kids out here that I'm aware of. You know, that's really, that's really what I'm, I'm aware of. That's really what I'm, I'm. I don't have any kids out here that I'm aware of either. Th- this is good. You know what? That's a positive way to end this show. Christine and I have well, no children Speaking of kids though, before of. we end the show, I yes. would like to, another positive thing. My cousin Stevie, who does tune in to time in oh! and his wife, Victoria yeah. had a beautiful baby boy today. Did they name him Matthew? His name is Stephen Jr. After uh, well, dad. You know what? Mm, yeah, so luck I would time. like to say congratulations, Stevie and Vicky. The baby is beautiful. Beautiful. Isn't he lovely? <laughs> so there's a shout out to hopefully a future time in viewer. Isn't he wonderful? Sing right, it. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. You know what? Let's, let's end the show so I can have my own Stevie Wonder concert um, here in, in Time in Studios. Um Christina, are you busy next week or you want to do this again or is, I mean are you free or I am free I, mean, I, I always work, make time but... for the people so let's do it oh that's beautiful well you know what guys until next time make sure you follow us on all social media accounts at time and podcast across Instagram Facebook and Twitter until next time below the whistle time out <laughs>